you see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages and underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of your favorite celebrities. This is Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy goddamn bubblegum, Batman. We're back. We're back with another episode of Gold Mines. What's understood never needs to be said, but introductions are necessary. I take pride in my introductions. I take pride in the way that I present the personnel that attaches themselves to such a platform. Why? Well, because it's an honor. It's an honor. I take pride and joy in talking to the individuals that I get to talk to on this amazing podcast. It makes me happy. Well, today's guest, today's guest is special, man. Their rise to success has been so dope to watch. More importantly, their ambition attached to their creative has been so dope to watch. A story that I think we need to know more about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Lena Wave to Gold Mines. God damn. Lena, what an introduction. Uh, I appreciate that introduction. I it, do. It, it sets the tone. It does. That? You got it me sets mind. the happy tone. Okay. <laughs> now yeah. now yeah. you got to match it. Now, now, now you're sitting up. Look at you. You're ready. You're ready to talk. That's what I want from you. I want to talk. We got um, the demo. Let's get it. First and foremost, Lena, I got to say congrats. Uh, this is a show where, you know, the priority behind it is, of course, celebrating those that come on, right? And your success should be celebrated. You've done an amazing job thus far, and you are nowhere near done. Because you started off acting. You you started off, and it seemed like that's where the entry level was, and quickly, quickly made the shift to say, well, I'm going to do more. Because I see how the business works and I want to get behind the lens as well as be in front of it. And I also want to put that pin to the pad. Where did the energy to create come from and how did you get it so early? Well, you know what's interesting? I think I had a big fear of Aziz deciding he wanted me to be his best friend on Master of None before I sold the shy. Because mm. I was like, okay, this is an amazing opportunity. I've been a fan of Aziz for, you know, Parks and Rec, obviously his comedy, stand-up. And so I was like, this is huge. I need to do this show and just take this risk and see what this show becomes. But I knew, I was like, it's going to come out before The Shy does. And I'd written The Shy many moons before I got that casting opportunity. And I've been trying to be a television writer since, like, I was a kid. I saw A Different World. And that changed my life. Hence, Hillman Grab Productions named the fictitious, you know, school they went to on that show. So I always wanted to write TV, and the opportunity to act really came sort of out of this amazing casting director, Allison Jones, was casting Aziz's show, and she asked, he asked her, he's like, "Can you just send me interesting people, and I want to just talk to them." And then I'll sit decide if I want to read with them. And so, by the grace of God, she sent my name. I went to his house, walked past his Tesla, uh, sat in front of him as myself, not like I was sitting in front of you right now. And he was like, 
okay, I'll read with you. And and we did. And obviously the rest is history. But I I think I sat in front of him and Alan Yang like I would a staff writing meeting, which I had been gone. I had gone on those meetings before as well. And I've been staffed twice. But I think it was just that opportunity that really put me in front of people. And they were like, oh, I haven't really seen you before. And then, you know, but I'd already like sold the shy to Showtime. David Nevins was just like, I'm gonna let you go do this TV show. Because I think he was very smart. And he was like, go do the TV show. I think it'll work. And then you will do your show. And by the time your show comes out, people will be in incentivized to watch it because they already are familiar with you because you have been on a show on TV. So that's really how it worked. I think the, I think God was really working the magic and saying, let me put you on TV first, let people put a face to a name. And then when the show came out, people kind of already were kind of familiar with who I was. And then Ready Player One, like the first movie I ever got cast in, Steven Spielberg cast me in my first film, which was Ready Player One, which was a, a crazy opportunity. And I happened to get cast in that when we were getting ready to go do season two. Uh, it was, it's pretty scary. It's like it's pretty scary how that lined up. Like you're, uh-huh. you're, you're talking about, you're talking about a sick, I mean, a sick lineup of opportunity. Um, what I love the most about what you just said is the relationship between you and Z's, the, the support in creative, right. And, and understanding that like, I can, I can do this still and you and I can still make this work while also supporting you and your ambition for something that you put so much time, energy and effort into, uh, which of course is the shy. And, you know, talking about you wanting to do that for so long in school, like what's the background? Is there a writing background before or there was just like, fuck it, I think I want to do this and I'm just, let me just put the shit down on paper. Yeah, I definitely did not approach my writing career in that way. I went to Columbia College in Chicago and studied writing and producing and television because okay. I was so clear about what I wanted to do. And so I was writing spec scripts in college. Okay. Um, and that's what sent me to Los Angeles because I had written a spec script for girlfriends and my professor read it and was like, you got, you have a voice, like you have an ability to mimic a voice and also infuse your own into it. And he's like, that's what you need to do to get staffed. And so I was like, okay. And he was like, you should go to LA. And I would really have to be pushed because I love living in Chicago. All I know is Chicago. And I was just like, really? Do I got to go to L.A.? He's like, you got to go to L.A. <laughs> okay. That's what it's I, hear, I hear what you're saying. But do I really got to leave? Do I? Do I? Like, I, I hear you. I hear what you said. But but do I have to leave? Like, you know, you from Philly. It's the same thing. It's sort of like, this is all I know. Um, You know, (laughs) this is it. So he was just like, and he winked at me and not in an inappropriate way at all. Black man, he had written a freshman (laughs) over there. That's why I got in his, uh, you know, class. I was like, look, you actually been staffed on Freshmen of Bel Air. I got to get in your class. And he did. He, he gave the, the teacher wink of like, after, you know, giving me a really high score on my spec. He was like, yeah, you should go. And then, you know, um, and I remember, I'm going to give Ali Leroy a shout because I went to a panel that he I moved out here. And that's what you do. You go to panels. I was at that Everybody Hates Chris panel, listening wow. to him and Tashita and just like ready to ask a question. I asked a question. It wasn't that great. But then I went up and talked to Ali, Ali and I was just like, yo, what advice do you have for me? Because I expect Everybody Hates Chris, you know, and I was wow. specking black shows. And, and people don't know a spec script is like when you act as if you write on that show and you pitch mm-hmm. like an and a B story and you come up with something and then that script because they can't read your original content a lot of times because they could get in trouble you know if they read it and then you, they come out with something that's similar to your work so we had to write spec scripts and I remember I, um, Ali was like I know you can write black people 
mm. go write a, a script of go write a spec of like a white show <laughs> mm. and show the industry that you can also do that. And uh, I took that advice and I went and wrote a, a 30 rock spec. Wow. And um, and that really got me a lot of attention in town. Because I think my name, you can't necessarily tell, I guess people didn't know what, like Lena Waithe is, I guess, a bit of an interesting name. So people were very surprised when they were like, oh, you wrote this? It was like, yeah. And so that Modern Family spec and that um, 30 Rock spec really kind of got me a lot of meetings. And and then I got a chance to work on my own material. And eventually that became The Shy. I wrote that pilot, um, living in my one bedroom apartment in Toluca Lake. And then I also wrote 20s. I wrote 20s before I wrote The Shy. Um, so I had a half hour and I had an hour long, which was not like fuck? on purpose. It was just like, oh, I want to write about my city, but it's a drama. <laughs> it's not a comedy. And so I just was like, all right, I'm going to try to write a drama. The Shy was the first drama I'd ever written. Um, and so I did a table read for it and I invited a drama writer in Katie Carroll, who uh, is the showrunner of All American. Um, and she's amazing. She's got a bunch of shows on and she came to that table read. She was writing on Bones at the time. And she came to the table read, listened to it. I gathered my friends and we table read The Shy. It was it used to be called Chirac. And we table read it at my friend's apartment. She came, she listened, and she went to work the next day, talked about it. And they read the script and staffed me. They were like, we're going to staff. So I, that's why I got staffed on Bones, because of the Shy script. I mean, you are a product of connectivity. You're not being afraid to say, what advice can you give? Um, what I love is how just the the business has the ability to take things full circle. And you starting there and being in that thing, then eventually coming and being able to come back and tell the people what you did for me was so dope. And that's how I got said thing and then said opportunity. And now you stand, you know, in a place of success that you stand in, but it's like, it's an amazing story. Ali Leroy, you mentioning, um, amazing shout out to Ali Leroy, just beat a battle with cancer, man, which is really dope, right? Uh, somebody that is so beneficial to the business and so beneficial to so many, has never been afraid to help or give wow. the information. Um, I've worked with him sometimes. I went to his fly's crib at one point, I was a, something, some movies, let me come sit and like, take notes, like it's, it's that mentorship and everybody, a lot of people know I work. And then my first assistant gig was on Girlfriends. I was, a, I wrote the spec for Girlfriends, came to LA, the first assistant gig was on Girlfriends. What, got what the up. fuck, Lena? Yeah, God no. damn. I know, what? I definitely, you getting exclusives because I don't really be telling it, but yeah. And then and then Mara, who was very, still very close to Gina Prince-Bythewood. Uh, once I was done with that, Gina needed an assistant while she was doing the post for Secret Life of Bees. And Mara called over there, recommended me. I went to Gina's house, got that gig, was her assistant for two years. Um, and then one day Gina was like, oh, another lady, a uh, friend of mine, she's a filmmaker. She's making her first movie, uh, her first narrative film. And she needs a, like a person to come help her and be a PA. And I suggested you. And that was Ava DuVernay. So I went and I was a PA on Ava's uh, first film, I Will Follow. Mm-hmm. This so is stupid. from Mara to Gina Ava. You did the work. Like, that's what I, I mean. I'm hearing, by the way, it's it's an amazing story. I'm locked the fuck in. Uh, it's, it's, I'm locked the fuck in. But what I what I really love is like you you did the work. Like you you keep on saying, I wrote the spec, then I wrote a spec for this, then the suggestion came up. So I did that. Then I did the assistant for this. And while doing that, I went to school and I was trying to, you know, really work on the craft, but I did that. But then I decided to write the drama. You did the fucking work. And that's what I hope people are really listening to, right? It's not it's not the layups of individuals. It's the work matching the layup. 
It's the work that aligned itself with the opportunity. That's what I'm hearing. That's massive to me. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the the world of Chicago and Chirac, right? When you talk about this drama, and this is something that you focused on early on. I mean, Chicago, of course, is near and dear to your heart. Chicago oftentimes gets a bad rap. You know, people know what those headlines are. We cannot run away from them. Those headlines are still there and there's still we still have our stuff, but we also still have people there, you know, it's like you really, it's like you know the people that are working hard, that are just trying to get, raise their kids. And I kind of want to tell those stories as well Absolutely. as people trying to hustle that don't want to go work a regular gig and want some fast money or people that have spent time in, in prison, you know, which my um, uncle, may God rest his soul, uh, had to deal with while he was on this earth. And so, but also I know that he's a human being just because he, he spent time behind bars doesn't mean he was a person that wasn't, you know, worthy of love and, and, uh, and, and joy in his life. And so I think that really kind of opened up my eyes in terms of watching my grandmother, listening to my aunt, looking at my mom, being around my sister, you know, seeing the guys that I grew up with. I really wanted to sort of humanize them. And, and, and we were able to do that. We're in our sixth season, working on our sixth season right now. That's um, huge. It's crazy. You know, it's rare. And in every season, our, our numbers have gone up. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's because people talk about it. People really can relate to these to this show. And that's what I want. And people that don't live, people, you know, I'm in London right now. And Londoners come up to me and talk to me how much they love the show. You know, I'll be in New York or I will be in Philly. Philly people say, oh, this reminds me of, you know, our city. And there's definitely some similarities. We're like cousins, you know, those two cities. So I think that, that what I wanted to do was make it about a city, but also want to feel universal. And I think we've been able to accomplish that, which has been really nice. I like that you are you're you're telling the the story from a positive lens. Like you said, the negativity you can't run from it. We know what it is. We see it. We deal with it. Um, being from Philadelphia, I can relate, right? Um, but you know, we do have an opportunity, and an opportunity is to shine a light on the other narrative, the other side of. Um, community of love, heart, et cetera, right? Because ultimately people are growing up in these neighborhoods and some of us grow up to do all right. And our environment has a lot to do with that, right? I mean, the nicknames for, uh, it's like Philadelphia and Chirac. Yes, yes. That is where we come. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's like, but there's another side to it. Absolutely. I think what's so powerful is even seeing our two faces on, on the screen of what our what we, we're also representative of our cities. And I think Absolutely. That's, I think, you know, people can they can appreciate no matter what. Even well, when your city matter, your like, city appreciates it. Yes, yes, exactly. And that, yes. that becomes uh, a focal point, right? Mm-hmm. Like to make sure that we stand in the position where we don't forget. We not only grew up here, came from here. But we still highlight it. We still talk about it. We still go back. Yeah. Um, season six, that's a big deal. What's the goal? Is there is there a number? Is there a 10 season number for you? Or is this a ongoing thing? Are you excited about the world of work that comes with this show? Are the writer's room still fun? Is the idea of show running and producing still fun? Or is it, hey man, this shit here, dealing with these goddamn actors and actresses and everybody's got a fucking opinion. I do this, they say this, and I can't do this, they say that. Where are you at from a patient's perspective? See, my interviews are different because I have both POVs. I know that's the that's the weird thing with you know you your ass in the cross from me look it's a blessing 
mm-hmm. you know, it's a blessing to be on TV, you know, and to still be on people to be wanting to see the show come back. I do have a number. I, I do want to go out on my own terms and mm-hmm. I, I want to go out when people are still watching. I like that. When you're talking about going out on my own terms, well, it's not because you want to be done. It's because you want to figure out the next thing to do. Right. Absolutely. You want to figure out what else. That being said, using that as a segue to go to my next piece, what else is it that you feel you want to do? What stories do you want to tell? And is it more TV? Is it film? Is it doc? Where's the creative space for Lena going? You know, it's going to a lot of different places. I'm never going to leave TV. I love mm-hmm. it too much. I got another hour long that we're going to go out with later this month. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we get we get a bite as another and uh we'll because it will be it'll be my sophomore drama series. And so I yeah. hope that the market out there likes it. We have a lovely actress attached to it who I cannot say yet, but look at you using we, words like sophomore. How good is your success right you now? Know, this is what we my like. Sophomore to do. series. This is <laughs> look at you. Went from talking about specs. Now this is my sophomore drama series that we're really excited about. <laughs> we're hoping to see if we can get a bite. A bite. Do you hear this, people? I want to see the market, you know, we'll be into it. So. <laughs> I love it. I fucking you know, love it. Know, yes. You get a bite. You know what it is. You know what I'm talking about. And so we're going to try to do that. But, you know, I got some movies coming out, you know, one of which that I produce. A producing mm-hmm. is definitely a big deal for me. Um, a Thousand and One. It comes out March nice. 31st. Uh, directed by A.B. Rockwell, her first feature, starring Tiana Taylor. Um, nice. It's not her first feature, but it's her first real lead role. Wait, fuck. I saw the trailer. Hold on. Slow yeah. down. I'm not going to haul ass past it. Yes. Uh, it's an amazing story. Tiana Taylor plays what seems to be a mom. And in mm-hmm. the trailer, she's a mom who's had a troubled background at Forced mm-hmm. her to make some decisions where she was in and out of her son's life. Makes right. a decision to get the son back. And yep. uh, I think her and the son go through some turmoil along the way. And there's yep. a man in the trailer that Tiana seemed to get involved with that acted yep. as a man to the kid, etc. Like I saw the trailer. It was dope as fuck. Um, I like the I like the uh, the 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 raw approach to the visual, right? Like that real, that real texture in, yeah. in film, that nice grimy side of like uh feeling. The, yeah. it, and it takes place in New York, right? It yeah, takes place. Harlem story. Um, Harlem story. Yes. Harlem. Tiana is well, very well known from Harlem. Talk very, about very Harlem. On, put the whole city on your back. So these are yeah. two Harlem Queens. Uh, Will Catlett is the gentleman you see in the, uh, in the trailer. He was in true the- story. He did true story yeah. with me. Well, yeah, phenomenal oh, yes, actor. Will phenomenal actor. Next, I've been knowing this cat since when we was going to the same church. Didn't have no money going to Jamba Juice for lunch, you know. So he's like been such a. An, I think he has an amazing face, his amazing voice, mm-hmm. some of the roles being all handsome and smooth, and he's just the perfect foil to Tiana's like firecracker, like and and those two are phenomenal in the movie. And you know, I'm a producer on that Hellman Grab Productions. We we we're one of the producers on that, along with some other amazing producers, uh, Sight Unseen, uh, the folks that did Dear White People with us, which was the first movie I ever produced. Um, and so you know, we're we're super happy about that. It's coming out March 31st, and then we have a movie out right now on Disney Plus called Chain Can Dunk about a five foot two Asian kid who wants to learn how to dunk a basketball. That's on Disney Plus right now. Um, and we had a documentary that we just premiered at South by. That's where I was coming from called Being Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, I saw you, uh, I saw you doing the promotion. 
marketing yeah, stuff on the carpet yeah, and stuff. Martin Chase is, is alongside of me, who was a legend, legend in the game. And uh, Dr. Robert Levine, who was Mary Tyler Moore's widower, um, was kind enough to entrust us with this story and give us beautiful archival footage. And it's the first authorized documentary about her life. She died in 2017. And um, this movie will drop on HBO Max May 30th. Lena, let me stop real quick. Let's take a quick commercial break. Guys, we got more gold mines when we come back after this. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages and underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Welcome back to Gold Mines. I'm still talking to Lena Waithe. Oh my God, what a story thus far. We're talking about TV. We're talking about drama. We're talking about Disney. You then went and started talking about uh, a movie that you're very excited about starring, featuring Tiana Taylor, a Harlem story. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're spread across the board. And I think the exciting thing about producing is just knowing what the impact of your hands being on what it does, what it means, right? Physically saying, I can amplify material. I don't have to write it from top to bottom. I don't have to be engaged with the day-to-day. But when it comes to an idea, Mm -hmm. there you go. There you go. That's the beauty of producing. That's the excitement um, behind producing. What's your stance right now as a, as a as a person that's a creative that has been a voice? You've been an active voice on things that the business needs or things that you saw holes in um, that you would like to see filled. What is your 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 take on it today? Has it improved? Is it the same? How do you feel? You know, I think. There's always progress. And I think we definitely have the doors are opening, especially after what we went through in 2020 um, and and people really piping up and saying, this is what we want. We want real change. But then also I feel like uh, other communities were saying they wanted to see more accurate reflection of the world and society from Hollywood, because I am a believer that Hollywood is a reflection of society. So mm-hmm. we do have to kind of keep up at a quicker pace. And I think other industries just to make sure we are an accurate reflection and we don't always get it right. It's just mm-hmm. we still have so much work to do and so many stories that haven't been told. So even though I do think there has been progress and I'm really happy about the fact that when you look at the, uh, the most recent uh, Vanity Fair Oscar picture, you know, all the black folks sometimes like to get in a room and take a picture. I remember being a part of one of those pictures and there were fewer of us. Mm-hmm. you know in that room and now it's like they it's, it's it's like brimming like there's so many people in that room and so i think that's a a visual depiction it goes to show you how uh, impactful our voices are and how we really are being brought into the room there can still be more there can always be more the door can always be open wider absolutely but i, I do want to acknowledge the progress that has been made now that being said the reason why we do the hillman grad mentorship lab i'm just throw that out there we do it every year eight month program where we have actors uh execs and um 
uh, and obviously television writers. Um, you know, and what we try to do is when we have great instructors for each 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 lane, and it's free and it's virtual. You don't have to live in LA. There's no you're going to be over 18. There's no age limit. People always ask us, do you have to be in college or young? No, 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 no. We really want it to be open. You know, all you got to do is be a part of you know so be, be othered in some way. And so we want to make sure we're able to guide people and say, hey. Mm-hmm. Here's what's going on. Here's what it is. Because I think it's not enough just to open the door. You have to walk through with them and you got to keep your arm around them and be there to answer questions and be there when they have their first deal and when they get their first staff writing gig and also be there when they don't have the most fun in their writing room or when they're going through a hard time of development with the studio with their first feature or they're trying to decide, should I go with this producer or should I not? Should I cast this person for this thing because they're a big star? Should I go with this young actor who I think is going to do a better job? Like, you know, it's... um. And I don't mean young in age. I mean young in terms of exposure. So I think ultimately that's the role I want to play in terms of when folks are coming in and they're doing that thing that I was doing, writing spec scripts, going to panels. I want to sort of be a mentor, like not unlike that I had, you know, in, in, in Mara and Gina and Ava and them giving me wisdom so that way I didn't have to have the same pitfalls that they did. And the pitfalls are going to come, but I, I do, it, it sometimes frustrates me when I, I see young writers in particular, and again, I'm saying young in terms of, you know, getting the business, not age, um, sort of run into certain roadblocks and get so frustrated that they go, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. And the business is built to to make you say, I'm out. It is I'm out. not yeah. Make you say, "Oh, this is fun. The water's warm. It is. It is. It is tough. It's hard. You know." And then the minute you have success, it's about you know, don't say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Don't step on the wrong person's toes because uh, you're gonna get that hit. Me and Kevin have both been kicked in the chest. And, but at the end of the day, it, it sort of makes you uh, a bit of a politician. It makes you more aware. It makes you clear. But it also makes you aware of your influence. So that's sort of my vision of it. I see the floodgates opening, but I also think that it's important that people have mentorship and guidance when they get in because the business is designed to be a maze that you get lost in and want to leave. So my mission is to make sure the folks that really want to be in there have the support um, they need and the guidance they need to stick, to stick it out. You know what's funny? Wanda Wanda Sykes, <laughs> and I wish I could have got it, Wanda cussed me out so bad during that time. Oh, Wanda cussed me out so bad, Lena. I she never said, want to say that. She said, Kevin... I need to talk to you, dummy. And I said, well, I said, all right, Wanda. I said, let's let's meet for lunch. And I said, maybe you can help me understand what the fuck is going on. I'm I'm hot. Like at this point, I'm in full I'm in full ego mode, Lena. I'm I'm hot. You hear me? I'm motherfuckers telling me I'm homophobic. That, that I don't like gay. I ain't never been a motherfucking homophobic. I I'm hot, Lena. I'm I'm full ego. I'm full like they got some nerve acting like I'm this fucking guy. Tweets from ten years ago. I ain't even said nothing like that since then. It's a fuck. I'm I'm on cloud thirty. Wanda says to me, "If you would take two seconds to sit your stupid ass down and understand, <laughs> it's about the people that haven't heard you say that you're not that person. Mm-hmm. You're going off of the people that you know that know that you're not that person." She mm-hmm. said, you don't even have an idea of a younger generation that's being affected from people that believe in the words that you used back then. Come on, so somebody like you saying that you didn't say that 
and or apologizing again, regardless if you said it. It's for the people that just don't know that are suffering from the thing. And when she said it, the light bulb went off because it was never presented to me like that. Right. And and it was never presented in a way where I grasped what the real issue was. I didn't see the real issue because I couldn't see the real issue. Right. I don't have anybody to make me see the real issue. All I saw is people tell me apologize. I apologized already 10 years ago. Why the fuck they bring it back up? Like this was, it's old. I don't know what's going on. Wanda is the reason for clarity. Like, and, mm-hmm. and she talked to me in a manner where I had no choice but to understand, but really identify what the real problem was. And, and that's what's missing today. That's what's I, I, missing today. I was about to say, I love that conversation happening. It was real. I mean, first of all, like, I love Wanda. She's amazing. I got to introduce her for a Netflix comedy special. That was a great honor of my life because she's such a legend and inspired me in so many ways. And I think it's these conversations that often happen in private. I mean, that's mm-hmm. often what happens. You know, you know, we, we've all had those private conversations where there's so much clarity and you're learning so much. And sometimes, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I wish like, oh, I wish th- th- this was recorded or I actually wished yeah. we could film this yeah. and put this out. Cause like, yeah. this is great. I'm this, learning, this, they're this, learning. This, this, awesome. We're but walking just, away. We're walking away better. Both of us. <laughs> this is so good. Wants to it. And it's just like those conversations, I think, are are almost better served to be in private because it's the same mm. space. But and you wish you could have those conversations with the whole world and everybody could get in there. But I think sometimes it's about those two people. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's all it's about. As long as those two people kind of walk out and go, I get it. I get you. Um, and then you got to hold that. And I think that's what we learn every single day is that you you really have to be so centered and so clear. And I, I come from that church and say, when there is no vision, the people perish. Oof. And so I think that I'm very much always just staying clear to my vision. Like even that that old, like the, the, the series we all had to watch when we were young, keep eyes on the prize. You know, it's about looking forward and, and not allowing myself to be distracted because that's that's what a lot of things are. It's about what's trying to knock me off of my my path mm-hmm. of what I'm here to do, my calling, my purpose. And so I, that is what I really hold on to. Like no matter what's happening or what's going on, it's like, let me get back into my calling. And, and when I do that, I'm able to really to breathe. And I think, I think you have that too, whether it be with stand up, whether it be you working out, whether you're doing the businesses and how you sort of morphed into, went from a comic into a mogul, that's a very different thing. And it's a weird thing for people to watch that because you're doing it differently than Eddie did. You know, it's it's just like, and so when you're doing something new, it's like you almost got to give people a second to kind of go, oh, okay, this is, I haven't seen this really done before. And they, and you got to give people a second to adjust to it. When we're talking about adjusting, what was Alina, Alina Lowe? Have you, have you had a moment in, in the business while the perception is being at the top, but you having a low, like a moment of like, what the fuck? Like, I don't, this is, this is, this is frustrating. This is, this has got me like on the fence of fuck this or or maybe I need a break. Like, have you had the moment where you've had to make sure that your mental was in check, that that your 
what you just referred to is you being centered and, and having a grasp on your your current state, right? Was that ever in jeopardy? Did that boat ever get rocky? Yeah, I mean, for me, I never wanted to like break and be like, oh, I'm out because I mm-hmm. really don't know what else I would do. I think you probably can relate to that as well. But I think for me, it was it was more my personal life sort of being a shampoo. <laughs> like that was like, yeah. and and people knowing or being aware, I think that is always the the most difficult when career stuff, like, okay, got Boom. it. Cool. Boom. Right. Um, <laughs> you Boom. know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get on here to that personal <laughs> shit over there try. eating Kraft macaroni and cheese by yourself in the, in the house. <laughs> dinner for one. You dinner like- for one on a food time because you done... The shit done hit the fan. So you over here. It's like that when the personal life, when I'm trying to juggle that and, yeah. and also not always being, you know, the person I know I can be. Yeah. Like we know our best self. Yeah. We can see them. Yeah. And sometimes we step out of that self and like do things that like, you know, our ego is telling us, you know. I'm right do. here with you, buddy. You're not, you're not in this by yeah, yourself. I'm, I got tattoos. I may, be, I may be standing right next to you. I think there's a there's a there's a I, I might be right beside you when like, you when you talking to yourself. Okay, Come on, man. You know goddamn well you shouldn't be. Tattoos. These are recent. <laughs> what do I want? Is it good for me? Wrist check. Yeah. Wrist so check. I love a, it. A therapy session. You know? I love it. And, uh, uh, are you are you in therapy? Big in therapy? Um, yeah, I think it's really how long. Literally written into every uh, show. You know, if, if, if Lena's pushing anything, it's therapy and weed. Um, but uh, but you know, in therapy. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> you know, Hollywood will send you to therapy quick. Uh, you're just facing yourself, you know, it's so funny because people think, you know, fame and money make you happy, but actually it kind of makes you miserable in a way. It's like, it's a very interesting thing. Um, because it does, it just, it, um, it, cause people feel like, oh, if I have those things, problems will go away. And actually it creates these new ones that you then have to kind of figure out while sort of living inside your dream. And, um, you know, someone said when I was in this showrunner training program, I'm like the, the I'm giving you all the things, the, the preparation. There's a beautiful thing the Guild does. They, if you're close to getting your own show, um, which I was like in that process with the shy, I got to go to this program called the showrunner training program. And in it, they bring in showrunners. They come in, they talk to you and they give you great advice. Um, there's one piece of advice I, I, I don't mind sharing. Um, but it's, wow. it's a dream come true. Mm-hmm. But every single day you you're go fighting. to that, you know, yes, and, so, and no one tells you that people think I want my own show. Isn't this fun? There's fun moments to it, you know, but there's also it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of you put in a lot of energy in, in, in yourself. And so I think for me, even when my life is just in shambles and at times it has been, I still got to go to the laptop, you know, and you, you still got to go to the stage and you still got to have to. I and have to. I think I think the biggest thing the biggest thing for me is dealing with people. Like 
and different temperaments and different yes, personalities and you know and you know and I think that's a big thing that we try to do is we don't try to put people on the page of that's cool that's cool that's cool that's cool it's more about who do we love working with who's mm-hmm. really good in a crisis like who's mm-hmm. good at not like being rattled like I you know I don't show run my shows like Justin Hillian and Jewel like they they show run the shy it takes two people I do believe it's a two-person job and they show run and I do passes on scripts and I give notes on, on cuts and, and we talk about the season and things like that but the thing I love about Justin Hillian who's been running the shy for the last three seasons I always say nothing rattles him You know, he's an amazing man with an amazing wife and two great kids, and he wants to go home to them and make sure to show, you know, the trades are moving on time. And that's a big reason why he's so successful. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's about not making it about, well, what about me? And do I have this and that? No. Does everybody have what they need? Is everybody able to do their job to the best of their ability? That's what I've learned my job is. And sometimes I'm not always, you know, I didn't come out the womb knowing how to do all this stuff. So I'm like learning as I go and I'm going yeah. to stop when I'm going to yeah, fall. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's, it's the mindset though of understanding and knowing that, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, we are in a ego driven, emotional mm-hmm. um, uh, industry, like a, a validating industry and mm-hmm. the levels of insecurity attached to all of those things. If those boxes aren't checked, nine times out of 10 fall in the place of turmoil because in order for a job to be done, sometimes people have to feel um, needed, wanted, like it's, it's a lot. And it goes to every category. I don't give a fuck where you are, every category. Mm -hmm. And the thing that is the hardest, it's so hard for people just to be cool. It's very hard. Yeah. Like and and that's why when you come across your quote unquote cool individual that's not rattled to your point of what you were speaking, um, and your your showrunner, it's mind blowing because you're like, Man, he just chill. <laughs> he just cool. Like he got his wife, his kids, he don't he don't need nothing. He cool. He no, he just eat his sandwich over there. He come back when he done and he get into it. He makes sure everybody else straight. Like those people are rare. Those 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 people that understand how to facilitate and navigate in that environment are rare. Because then there's ever. oh my God. They're they're they're, they're they're a weapon. And when you find one, you do not let them go. So congrats oh. to you. On, on having one. And by the way, there's <laughs> no coincidence uh, that the show is where it is. Six seasons. I mean, you know, it starts from uh, the involvement of many. So you definitely have that. And you seem to be aware of that. Lena, here's what I'm aware of. Yeah. I'm aware of in this podcast. Um, we got a job. And our job is to just talk and be fucking raw and not be filtered. And we did that. And I think people are going to walk away from this episode with such a dope understanding of just your your road, your journey to where you are now. Um, I love that you took nothing for granted. I love that you put the work in. I love that you took the 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 classes, the the mm-hmm. opportunities to educate yourself more, understand more. None of that stuff was frowned upon. It was warranted, and it's paid off. 
It's fucking paid off. And I'm looking forward to the day we crack the code on something. I don't give a fuck what that something is, but I know when it does present itself, it will be special. And I'm telling you now, you have a thousand percent of me. I'm a fan and you got a friend from afar. And if you ever need me, okay, hearts here. I respect you. And I, I am, I am, I am engaged with your world of work that you've done. I watch every fucking thing that you're doing like a hawk because it's, it's the support from afar that makes the moments when we are in person doper. Because when I go and tell you, lean, I saw your shit is dope. I heard you got the deal. It's fucking crazy. I know you booking your next goddamn drama. Hey, sophomore shit went down. This dope. Your sophomore. Okay. Hey, look, they gonna bite. They gonna bite, Lee. That's what they gonna do. It makes the moments more special. So please keep shining. I appreciate you. I do want to say this though. Today would have been David Arnold's fifty fifth birthday. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. Just you know, let people know that he's he's the ultimate connector because he brought us together. And you, there's no way you would have known that. I realized that as I was in the car coming to the house. uh, I saw Julie's post. Uh, You probably you'll see Julie's post. You'll see it. It'll it'll pop up in here. Um and. And I, people don't look how, how it works. This came together. I literally got an email to do this podcast today. I said, yes, of course. And here we are. Wow. And it's David Arnold. Would have been his 55th birthday. So I, we just got to correct that. R.I.P. to David Arnold. Talk that is amazing. Method. Talk about, and, and the thing is, is like in this episode that I was doing a pass on, on the plane, because that's sometimes what happens. You got to ride on the plane. Two times in the script, it says, it ain't for the week. And it's, wow. a, and it's an episode about fatherhood. Wow. And so I was working on that today. Obviously made me think of him. I land. I see his amazing, you know, wife's. I know technically she's a widow, but I just, she's always his wife in my mind. Julie's post. And um, yeah. And so I just think it, it is about the work. We don't know how much time we have. And because um, obviously you and I and everyone around him was very shocked. It was a sudden situation. And um, it just it, re- it really shook me in a way, um, but also reminded me of how precious we are to each other, how precious his life is. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm really grateful for this conversation. I'm grateful for you and, and our friendship and our bond. And I think in a weird way, it kind of connects us even more. Absolutely. Um, and uh, because we shared a love for someone, and I think we shared it for the same reason, and his work ethic, his heart, Absolutely. his love, his passion for what he did, and his family. He had a big passion for his family. And he was his best self. He got to that best self. So, That's so I'm, sending, I'm sending you love. I'm sending his family love. And I'm just really grateful for this for this conversation and this dialogue. Truly. Well, there's not a better way to end than that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Gold Mines. You know what we do here. We get inside the minds of amazing people. Today was no different. Lena Wave, thank you for opening up your mind. Thank you for the dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you next time on Gold Mines. Gold Mines with Kevin Hart is a serious XM and LOL radio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, Eric Eddings, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald.
you see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages and underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details.